We're glad you're with us. To reach us click the contact button on the Firefall Talk Radio homepage at firefalltalkradio.com. If you want to support what we do there are ways to do that starting with the PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage. You can also use the Venmo app, which is easier to use and has fewer fees, where we can be found under at Firefall Media Group. One word. Uppercase on FMG. Thank you to each and every one of you who support what we do. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give as the Lord leads. And now, to the Bible study with Richard Grund. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your mar- of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. As Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2, Ephesians 1, 14 says, The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So that's how we get started every week. We praise him, we come into his presence with praise and thanksgiving, and then we offer him our prayers. So I praise him for my home, my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandsons, my little mini-me. I, I praise him for our furry kids, some of you call them pets. I praise him for this home, the technology, and everything that I am able to use to serve him in his kingdom. I praise him for being a part of his kingdom and being in the family business. Praise him for provision and protection, that Psalm 91 covering over me, my home, family, pets, possessions. I praise him because he offers it to each and every one of us. Praise him for the dreams and the visions, living out Joel 2.28. I praise him for living in these prophetic times. We're watching things go on in the world, and we should be paying attention and praising him for favor, divine revelation, for access to his word, for being a new creation. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. I wish I knew when. I wish he put a little time code at the corner of the uh, video, but he doesn't do that. So I'm praising him that I believe that he's coming back soon. So let's get ready. Now we pray. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. I pray for Jerusalem. pray for its leadership. I pray for its protection and that they would come to know Yeshua as a Hamashiach, as their Messiah. I pray for America. As the song says, May God shed his grace on thee, America. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, um, the persecuted, the martyred, the innocents, and those that are victims of injustice in and out of the womb. I pray for those that are being persecuted. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents. I pray against human trafficking, child trafficking, all the evil that we see out there. I stand against it in prayer. I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world, both Jew and Gentile, that are being persecuted, martyred for their faith, the anti-Semitism, the things that we're seeing that indicate to us the spirit of the Antichrist is waiting in the wings. His boldness is great, but I believe the church is greater. And we are the church, not the building you sit in. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing as we get back to our divine design, getting back to the way he made us, getting back to being effective and whole in him. So I'm praying healing right now upon each and every one of you. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, be healed. Heart, mind, body, soul, or spirit, whatever your need is, speak it out right now. Lay your hand on it and speak to it by faith and say, come back into his divine design. I'm praying for protection. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. 
that he would cover us and guard us for inspiration for the fire of the Holy Spirit to rise up for the remnant, those of us that have made it through the fire, those of us that have made it through the other side that are ready to serve him. I pray that they would wake up. I pray that they would rise up. I pray that they would answer the call to action. I pray that the blessings would flow, that those that have been blessed would be a blessing and that they would put it into good ground into ministries like Firefall, SRT, The Porch, and others out there that are willing to get into the trenches, that are willing to go out into the darkness to set the captives free. We have things to do, people. We have things to do, church. Firefall's got things to do. We've got to get that documentary done. We've got to expose the enemy. We've got to go set the captives free. So I'm praying that you'll work with us to do that. You know somebody, tell them about us. Tell them about our needs for the dreams, the visions, the missions, and, of course, for our lost family members. Also pray for the changes. Working on video and editing and putting these things up, too, have gone up so far. I'm giving our supporters and longtime members of the porch access to it first before I post it publicly. If you would like access to these videos that are being posted of these teachings, then you let me know, and I'll add your email to the list. And some of the other things that we're working on, I'm also praying right now against pollen. Yes, we're in the midst of some heavy-duty pollen. Everything is yellow outside, and that's what you're hearing in my voice. Been a week of sinus problems. The only other praise report or prayer request I have is from Kim in Fort Mitchell. She says, I'm doing good, and I praise God for that. I praise him for loving me, saving my soul, and keeping me sober every day. I praise him for my children and my life that he has given me. Father, I'm praying for my friend Bobby. Please heal her and restore her. Let her recover from this virus and give her body the strength to fight it off. Protect my family as well as the porch families. Save my mother's and my husband's soul. Deliver my family. Protect our families, all of our families from the enemy. She said, I'm praying for the families of, um, of the Colorado shooting. Father, comfort them and ease their pain. Bless and favor the porch families. Guide us through this fallen world in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we come to you now as your children. And we praise you. And we thank you. And we love you. We love you because you loved us first. You loved us when we were unlovable. And you saved us. You sent Yeshua to die for us. And I thank you for that. Oh boy, do I thank you for that. I was so lost. I'd lost my family. I'd lost, was losing my soul. And you gave it all back to me. And I love you for it. Thank you. I'm asking that you bless us now. Lord, I'm asking that you speak your word over us. Speak to us and we will be healed. Speak to us and we will be blessed. Father, I pray for each and every one of us right now that we would be the head and not the tail. We would be above and not beneath. We would be the lender and not the borrower. That we would be free of this world system and able to serve you and be about our Father's business. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the empty tomb, the upper room, for sending back the Holy Spirit to work with us, to guide us, teach us, and encourage us. So, Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you will this night. Take over this Bible study this time together. Let every word I speak be your words. Let everything somebody hears, feels, understands, or receives be from you. Bless this technology, clear our minds and our hearts, and we just pray right now to receive and come into agreement. In Jesus' name, amen.
These lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. These lessons are proprietary information. Sorry, I hit one too many buttons there. Trying to work all these monitors all around me and uh, hit the wrong button. So we've been starting out with the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Should have this memorized by now. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The kingdom of God, his kingdom, his rule and reign on earth as it is in heaven. He's building a kingdom in us and with us. And his kingdom authority resides in us. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about provisional authority, at least for the next week or two. Verse 13 says, Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Deliverance is salvation. Yeshua is deliverance and salvation. Now I know we're picking up some new listeners and people that are watching the videos. So you'll hear me refer to Jesus as Yeshua. Either Jesus the Messiah. I don't use the word Christ. I know it's in there. You're free to use it. I think Messiah says more. It means more to me. So he's either Jesus the Messiah or Yeshua HaMashiach. And so I will be using both. You do follow along in your Bibles. I just want to clarify why you may hear me use different terminology. So the New Testament writers, we talked about this last week. The New Testament writers were convinced of the reality of the evil and the dangers in this fallen world of the spiritual realm. They took Satan, Hasatan, the evil one, seriously as a real threat. It's not imaginary. It's not a figment of our imagination. And so that's why Paul in Ephesians talked about God's armor. In the coming weeks, we're going to go back to looking at the armor in a much more detailed way than we've ever done before. So God's armor gives us the ability to resist the attacks of the kingdom of darkness in the time of evil. Now, yes, I know that the word says the devil, but for me that represents all of the kingdom of darkness. That represents the entirety of it because we're not only dealing with him. We're dealing with princes and principalities and, and soldiers and generals and foot soldiers and demons. We're dealing with a whole array of supernatural threats. But when it comes, when evil comes, we need to keep standing firm. Last week we talked about stand. The armor of God and the word allows a believer to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil, of the kingdom of darkness. Now unfortunately, as Kim mentioned in, in her um, praise report and prayer request, the reality of evil is everywhere. I wanted to touch just on a few things to cover the fact that we're living in a very dangerous world. In Chicago this past weekend, 25 people were shot, including a 4-year-old boy, a 10-year-old boy, and a police officer. The Chicago Police Department reported 20 shootings involving 25 victims from 6 p.m. Friday to 11.59 p.m. on Sunday. Four people died, were killed in those shootings during that time, including a 24-year-old man. 
on Friday evening. That's Chicago. In Pittsburgh, the beginning of the week, a family went into a McDonald's. They're waiting online. 51-year-old black man steps up behind their 12-year-old son, tackles him to the ground, and when they pull him off of the boy, they find out that he has been stabbed in the neck with a box cutter by this man, did not know them. He just didn't like the color of their skin and walked up and attacked this 12-year-old boy who was brought to the hospital in critical condition, and he's now stable. The man's arrested. He's in jail. He'll probably get back out, and the evil that's in him will go with him, too. The one Kim mentioned, Boulder, Colorado, a Syrian immigrant, a Muslim. I'm just covering the facts. I'm not stating anything but telling you what the news reports, who had ISIS sympathies and had animosity against the previous Trump administration. This according to the current White House from his social media post walked into a supermarket in Boulder, Colorado, opened fire, killing 10 people, including a police officer, young and old, male and female. He's been charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder. Some will tell you that it's a gun problem. No, I'll tell you it's a sin and an evil problem. It's a demon problem. This past Saturday morning in Montgomery County, Maryland, a 52-year-old man who looked very much like a college professor by the way he was dressed. I'm not saying he was. I'm just telling you that's how he looked. Did not look like the criminal. Did not look like somebody you'd be watching out for. Rammed his car into two other cars for no reason. And when the sheriff deputies showed up, that man began to beat him with a long piece of wood. The deputy tased him to no effect. The deputy shot him to no effect 12 times before the man finally stopped and, of course, died of his wounds. Something supernatural going on there. Atlanta, Georgia. A man kills eight people in two businesses, six of which were Asian-American women, claiming he was trying to eliminate the temptation to his sexual addictions, which would tell you what was going on in those stores. Now, politicians and the media will tell you that this was a racial issue. Again, I'm going to tell you it's a sin, evil, violence issue, because it traces back almost a decade the attacks on Asians in correlation with something called knockout games, where elderly people all across the United States and major cities, from New York to Chicago, to San Francisco are being knocked out. People walk up to them, punch them in the face in the, in the, to win the game. You knock them out with one punch. Folks, this is demonic. This is evil. We live in a fallen world, and we should not be ignorant of the wiles of the devil. And I just shared with you some of the things that he does. So what are we to do? Are we to run ah, and hide and, and, and say, oh, I can't go out anymore, or, or whatever. No, no, we live in a fallen world. We were told to occupy. We stand in faith. We walk in peace. We walk in power. And we walk in authority. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Even though I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which is a valley of deep darkness, I fear no evil. For you, Lord, are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort and console me. In biblical times, the shepherds carried both a rod and a staff. The rod was a short club with a rounded end. Usually it was the root of the tree that they had rounded. And the staff was a longer piece of wood with a hook on it. The rod was used to fight off animals and predators to protect the sheep, whereas the staff was used to guide them and direct them, sometime to pull them out of pits or areas that they'd fallen into. Sometimes he'd have to prod them with it to keep them going. A willing sheep 
would respond to his prodding. A stubborn, strong-willed sheep would not. Well, we don't have that today. We don't, we don't have pastors, preachers, teachers, or leaders that carry a rod and a staff, although I wish they would. There's, one, there's a staff in the back right there that I made from a tree when I played Moses. But his word, his word moves us, his word directs us, his word guides us and protects us, even, even corrects us to get us back on the right path. And keeps us in the sheepfold of the great shepherd. And, as I've described SRT, he also has sheepdogs of the great shepherd to go hunt down the wolves and the things, the spiritual things, that go after his flock and rescue his sheep. By now your Bible should be open. I shouldn't have to tell you to open them. I shouldn't tell you to open your apps. You should be following along. You should be making notes. Download these podcast, listen to them again. You now have the ability through the videos to look at the scriptures. Colossians 1.13 For he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Colossians 2.10 And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Colossians 2.15 Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. (laughs) Public spectacle. Didn't do it in hiding. Made sure all the universe knew. 1 Peter 3.22 Talking about Yeshua who has gone up into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. See, that's what you're walking with. You're walking with the one who has authority over all things, which is why we can read Romans 8, 38, 39 in complete trust and confidence. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Walk in trust. You've been delivered. You are protected. You are complete. And you are seated with him in the heavenly places. All those evil things I mentioned before, all the stuff that I read to you, all those news stories, I could show you news clips. We could go on and on. And sometimes in seminars, I've done that just to show you proof of demonic behavior. But that's not what I'm doing tonight. Tonight, I'm trying to get you to understand who you are in him. So go with me to 1 John 5, starting with verse 18. This is the Amplified Version. We know with confidence that anyone born of God does not habitually sin. But he, meaning Yeshua, who was born of God, carefully keeps and protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know for a fact that we are of God and that the whole world around us lies in the power of the evil one opposing God and his precepts. And we have seen and know by personal experience that the Son of God has actually come to this world and has given us understanding and insight so that we may progressively end personally know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, HaMashiach. This is the true God and eternal life. Verses 18, 19, and 20 says that we know, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. 
but he who is born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him it was true and we are in him who is true in his Son Jesus the Messiah. We know who he is. We know who we are in him. And we know we are safe. Proper relationship with the Lord means that you have confidence in who you are, who he is, and our positional authority with him. But you see, there are things that can get you out of position, that can rob you of your place next to him and that can keep you from walking in the power you so need in this world. It says it in verse 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has born of, been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. You see the correlation between sin and the enemy having access to you. When it says does not sin, it's talking about sin being a habitual lifestyle. We all make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God. We have access to grace. But somebody who sins habitually is fair game to the enemy. Habitual sin can also be called presumptuous sin. David talks about it in Psalm 19, verse 13. He's pleading with God. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. The Amplified takes a little further, hence... It's called the Amplified. If you followed me all these years, you know that I primarily teach uh, the New King James. Sometimes I'll refer to the Old King James, as I will tonight. I use the NLT, which simplifies things. And then I use the Amplified, which expands all the meanings of the words. Psalm 19.13 in the Amplified. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous, deliberate, willful sins. Let them not rule and have control over me. And then I will be blameless, complete, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Presumptuous sin means you know it's a sin and you do it anyway. I've had people tell me, well, because of grace, I'm good, I'm covered. I can news you that that pendulum of grace, I've watched the whole grace teaching swing that pendulum a little too far in one direction. And then it swings back all the way in the other direction. Grace is always available to us. Mercy is always available to us. Willful sin, presumptuous sin, gives the enemy access to you. Go, go with me to Genesis 4. I want to show you something unique. I know I've showed it before. But I want to bring it up again. I'm going to be reading the Amplified first. Genesis 4, verses 6 and 7. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry and why do you look annoyed? If you do well, believing me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, but ignore my instruction. Sin crouches at your door, and its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. The King James says, Sin lies at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and you shall rule over him. It personifies sin. In Satan. 
Now, the, Hol the Holman Bible Dictionary takes the name Satan is the transliteration of the Hebrew word meaning adversary. In the Hebrew, it's ha-satan, the adversary. The adversary appears both as a description and as a proper name. It's also called enemy, tempter, and evil one. Now, if you read the supernatural battle, you know that I've explained that I believe that his name was really Hallel. Hal El, praise of God. The angels of heaven all had an E-L at, at the end of their name of God. Michael, Gabra El. But I believe when Satan fell, his name was never spoken again. He was given a title. As the adversary, rebellion not only cost him his place in heaven, rebellion not only cost him his relationship with his heavenly father, but it completely disinherited him. Satan is a created, supernatural, superhuman being. He's a personal being. He's evil. He's a world power. And he's represented in the word as both the adversary of God and God's children. Of all men, actually, of all mankind. Satan and the kingdom of darkness rule the world, but they do not have dominion over believers. Now, that being said, he has been defeated. We are not enforcing Let me re rewind. We are not fighting for a victory. What we're doing is we're enforcing the victory of Calvary. The problem is we have a group of terrorists, the kingdom of darkness, and their leaders, Satan and the other fallen angels, who refuse to submit. They refuse to stand down. They continue to seek, kill, and destroy. Therefore, what we're doing is we're enforcing the victory of Calvary. When we were told to tarry, it was a military term. We have not done that. But he does not have dominion over you when you are sitting in positional authority. Colossians 1.13, For he has rescued us, he being Yeshua, and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness, and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created in heaven on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. That is, by his activity and for him. The universe exists because of him. This world exists because of him. You live and move and have your being in him. 1 Timothy 6.16 He, again Yeshua, alone possesses immortality, absolute exemption from death, and lives in an unapproachable light whom no man has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power and dominion. Amen. See, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about dominion. So what is dominion? It's political authority or a realm. Dominion is authority which is exercised. It's also the rank or order of angels. Dominion is a figurative authority of the law of sin and death. Dominion is God's. It's God's to give and God's to take away. He gave it to his son. His son gives it to us. Now, dominion may have 
positive connotations as back in Genesis when humankind was given dominion over all creation. Genesis 1, verses 26 and 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Which means we have authority over creeps. That's not there. I said that. Verse 28, Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That was what was given to us. We, we really haven't done that very good with it. We haven't done very well with it. Psalm 8, verses 4 through 6. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, that you pay attention or that you care for him. You have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. And you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you put all things under his feet. That's positive. That's the positive description over dominion. That's what's been delegated to us, even more so when you become born again and filled with the Spirit of the living God. But there are negative connotations to dominion. Go, to, go with me to Nehemiah 9, starting in verse 26. Nehemiah is speaking about the children of Israel. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against you, cast your law behind their backs, and killed your prophets who testified against them, and to turn them to yourself. And they worked great provocations. Therefore, you delivered them into the hand of their enemies who oppressed them. And in the time of their trouble, when they cried to you, you heard from heaven, and according to your abundant mercies, you gave them deliverers who saved them from the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they again did evil before you. So you left them in the land of their enemies so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried out to you, you heard from heaven. And many times... You delivered them according to your mercies. I believe that when we fall into the hands of the enemy the way America has right now, it's because he has allowed it. He has allowed the enemy to have dominion over us for many reasons that I can't go into right now, but at some point I will. Again, dominion is God's to give or to take away. The enemy does not get dominion over his children without his permission. Positional authority, what we're talking about tonight, is delegated by him. I'm going to repeat it again. The enemy does not get dominion over God's children unless it's given to them. So we may think we have dominion in politics. We've been given dominion over creation, and like I said, we've not been good stewards of it. But ultimate dominion belongs to Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. In Daniel chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 and verse 34, Nebuchadnezzar praises God. Yes, Nebuchadnezzar, even in his uh, evil nature, even in his sin, he knew who God was. This is Nebuchadnezzar speaking. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. 
His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. And at the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. This is after he had been sent out in the wilderness to act like an animal where his reason and understanding had been taken away from him by God. said, I, I lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. The kingdom of God is one of dominion. We choose where we sit. We either sit with authority or we sit powerless. We either have dominion or we're dominated. Now remember I mentioned dominion is figurative in regards to the law of sin and death. I'm going to stop there. I know I've got plenty of time left. But I have too much to go on to and I don't want to interrupt the next part because we're going to be talking about sin. I know it's not a very popular topic. There aren't a whole lot of preachers who want to preach on sin. But I want to show you you automatically have dominion. You automatically sit in a position of authority with him. By the blood, by being born again, names written in the Lamb's book of life, you are allowed to sit with him in the heavenly places. Why then do we experience some of the things we experience in our life? Why then does the enemy at times have access to us? Why then do we see the evil things we see in this world? Because we're not sitting in authority. We're not applying that authority. We're not being who we are in Him. I wish that I lived that life 24-7. And though I live it better than most because of who I am and who, what I do for the kingdom of God, even I let my guard down. Even I let the things of this world distract me. I let the cares of this world distract me. I let things knock me off my feet and off my seat of authority. And I believe this lesson is so important that I don't want to rush through this. I don't want to jam all the rest of this stuff down your proverbial throat into your mind just to meet an hour setting. But I'm doing this because of what I see in the world. I'm doing this because of what I know is coming through dreams and visions and divine visitations. I'm doing this because I need you to get ready. I need you to understand that a storm is coming even worse than the one we're in right now. The evil we're seeing in this world, the evil that we're seeing in politics and government, the evil that we're seeing in uh, the medical community and entertainment community. I don't think there's anywhere right now that you can turn that you don't see some kind of perverse debauchery or evil. In Massachusetts, they just okayed committed relationships where there be three people, what they call a polyamorous relationship or polygamy, if you want to go that far, to be able to adopt children. They have declared that it's okay for there to be a, a throuple, three people and a couple, and to adopt children and have authority over those children. I've been saying this for a while. That polygamy would be the next taboo to fall. I think it's already fallen. We just don't know it. 
They haven't labeled it yet. They haven't repealed the law that President Lincoln put into place. I believe they will, especially under this administration. So, folks, it's time to wake up. If you weren't awake before, you're going to be whether you want to be or not. And if you don't understand your positional authority in him for you and your family, and if I'm speaking to you and you're the high priest of your home, if you don't have a high priest in your home, then Yeshua is your high priest. But I'm speaking to you, mothers and fathers. I'm speaking to you, sons and daughters. I'm speaking to you, children of the Most High God. Wake up. The enemy is running amok. I posted this on social media. I don't do a whole lot of posting on Twitter, but I still use it for SRT. I use Instagram and Twitter for spiritual things. And I posted a comment. This was the comment. It used to be you had to stir things up and pull the demons out of hiding to deal with them. You don't have to do that anymore. They're dancing out and about. They don't care if you can see them. And they have no fear of you. We're living in a time where there's a deep darkness over the people and the land. We're living in a time where good is called evil, evil is called good. We're living in a time where the world hates us in a way that it hasn't hated us before. He said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be the return of the Son of Man. And that isn't just marriage, and that isn't just about evil. It's about a deep darkness. It's about an evil that is so overwhelming there are very few that can survive it. It's about an evil that covers the earth. It's about an evil that is empowered by the demonic and the fallen in such a way that if he had not flooded the earth, all of man would have been destroyed. So the next time the king leaves the throne to come back to the earth to stop what's going to happen, it'll be so bad he's doing it to keep mankind from being wiped out. Now we're not close to that, at least I hope not. But what we are in is the beginning of the worst part of the birth pangs. So between now and next week, between now and whenever I post this video, I need you to be honest. I need you to be honest about yourself, about your life, about your family, about your faith, about your walk with him. Are you sitting in positional authority? If not, why? Do you want to? And are you willing to do what's necessary to become who you are in him for the sake of your home, for the sake of your family, for the sake of yourselves. I believe it's time for the remnant to wake up, to rise up, get the word in their mouth, in their heart, sword of the spirit in their hands, and do what we've been called to do. So let me, let me pray for you pray for all of us. And I'm going to play the shofar again. This time in the beginning, it was a call to worship. It was a call to pay attention. This time, it will be a call to war. Think about your lost loved ones. Think about somebody in your life who doesn't know the Lord. Think about somebody in your life who is sick. Think about somebody who's demon-possessed, somebody trapped in darkness. Maybe you have a prodigal son somewhere that needs to come home. Maybe it's you. Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords. I come to you and I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the empty tomb. I thank you for the upper room. I thank you for sending your Holy Spirit and filling us and giving us the creative power of the universe and filling us with your love. Right now we repent of any area of our life 
that we have abdicated your authority to the enemy. We ask that you show it to us, Holy Spirit. Point it out to us so that we can repent and take back control. We pray that you'd stir the word up inside of us. We pray that the fire would be stirred up inside of us. The gifts and the fruit of the Spirit would rise up. That we would come together as a family. We would come together as your church. As your occupying army. Speak to us, Lord. Help us. Heal us. Fill us. Now, Lord, as I play the sound of the shofar, let it resonate throughout your body. Let it resonate in our bodies. Let us hear it. Let us feel it. Let us rise up and answer it and be who you need us to be. And I pray these things in Yeshua's name. At the end of that, I'll come back and bless you and dismiss you. you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.